obviously a lot is uncertain right now, but one thing is sure, and it's that cancer isn't going to stop just because there's a global crisis going on. So on Saturday, June 13th, the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society will host a trailblazing event, Big Virtual Climb, sponsored by AbbVie to support their investment in groundbreaking research to advance blood cancer cures and its first-in-class patient education and services, including financial support and clinical trial navigation. Step up to take cancer down by climbing 61 floors or 1,762 steps. Inside or outside, on stairs, on the road, on your treadmill, climb your way. Join us for an opening ceremony and then take on your climb with our heart pumping playlist. Join us on June 13th from coast to coast as we come together to climb, conquer, cure. Register at lls.org slash big climb. Hey folks, welcome in to On to Waveland. It's the Chicago Cubs podcast here at The Athletic. I am Brett Taylor, joined by Sahadev Sharma and Patrick Mooney. And, um, you know, I hope at this point, it's Wednesday, uh, that not a ton of introduction is necessary, but I think it is nevertheless important to do it, uh, just as it is very important that we talk about what we're going to talk about today. So, as um, most people know, there is... um, you know, we're, we're coming to you in the midst of demonstrations across the country, including a couple at Wrigley Field this week. Um, you know, you can point, obviously, to the murder of George Floyd in Minnesota at the hands of the police there as the tipping point in the current demonstrations. But obviously, it is a much longer, more percolating issue in our country. Um the systemic racism and injustice uh, that has periodically been touched upon in the sports world over the past, you know, five plus years, but really has not received either the necessary attention or the certainly not the attention that it's receiving now. And I think a lot of previously well-meaning white people like me who thought they were saying the right things and thinking the right things are being confronted now in this time by some um, truths that either I was just too naive or too ignorant to really hear. Um, You know, I think that a lot of us believe that we're good allies because we we think the right things and we say the right things, uh, but we are again being confronted now in this moment by how much are we really doing to make the kind of change that is necessary in our world at large and also in the the sports world. And I think that having this conversation against the backdrop of Major League Baseball in particular is is poignant because this is a sport that for all its um, for all that it says and does, you know, in April and in relation to Jackie Robinson and the history of integration in the sport, it has struggled in uh, the last 30 years with representation, with access issues in communities of color, with uh, how it provides a platform for its players to speak. And I think it's very important 
Um, and I don't think it's belaboring the topic that we talk about it here and now in relation to baseball, in relation to the Cubs, in relation to the demonstrations at Wrigley Field uh, that Patrick uh, went and observed. And um, I hope that it's not about changing anyone's mind or changing anyone's heart in any one interaction. And certainly um, not here on a podcast where there is no black representation. Uh, It's about continuing the conversation in a way and taking ownership of the fact that maybe we haven't really been the things that we thought we were until confronted in this way. So there's the setup, obviously, to what we're going to talk about. And, uh, you know, I I think maybe I'll start with you, Patrick, because you um, went to the demonstration on Tuesday afternoon at Wrigley Field. um, And I believe you'd had some uh, observance before that a a lot. And I know that you have as well as how to what's going on in Chicago. And I just I kind of want you guys to talk about your experience a little bit, what you're seeing, what you're feeling, what you're thinking, and then we'll we'll transition that into a conversation about baseball. Yeah, I mean, I can start with kind of Monday night uh, with colleagues of ours at the athletic um, and I will try and kind of lay it out there and reserve uh, maybe more deeper thoughts or observations for later and let you guys kind of take it wherever you want. But I think it was kind of a, a just a, a stunning scene, a disturbing scene, a oddly kind of reassuring scene at times too, um, starting with kind of Monday and the <clears throat> helicopters, you know, buzzing overhead uh, on the north side. And all of a sudden, you know, kind of images that were on TV, maybe, you know, downtown or issues that can kind of be compartmentalized in a a different part of the city were you know coming you know to Lakeview Wrigleyville and I think that was a smart move on the behalf of uh organizers and um you had this you know kind of dystopian scene uh on you know early Monday evening uh of just cops lined up at the a police station on Addison Street, um, real close to the Yale station, kind of in the in the shadow of Wrigley Field, and um, seeing you know, a lot of peaceful protesters marching uh, through Boys Town. Uh, you had these kind of motorcades uh, running through Lakeview. Uh, I'd imagine responding to whatever throughout kind of the the city. Um, and then, you know, Tuesday morning, I walked around Wrigley Field and really the perimeter was largely untouched. It was, you know, quiet. It looked, you know, pretty normal. You know, people were out. And then I think Tuesday afternoon's uh, demonstration, uh, I think we've all kind of gone back and forth of like what teams are supposed to say, what athletes are supposed to do at times like this. Like if, um, you know, you know, president presidential administration after administration did not have the answers like how is a sports team going to like solve this stuff overnight but i think it was uh powerful to see i think there's a recognition that wrigley field is a symbol for a lot more than um just baseball um you had a, a lot of people i'd say the crowd skewed a little uh younger but i think you saw a lot of different demographics uh represented there um <clears throat> obviously 
in other parts of the country for uh, a lot of different reasons. Uh, some of these marches have turned uh, the wrong direction, but this one, I kind of laughed to myself. I felt like it was almost like youth soccer practice because they were like handing out like oranges and goldfish and they had bottles of water ready and strangers asking you if you wanted, you know, sunscreen because it was, uh, you know, pretty hot out yesterday. And I think, you know, the Cubs um, are wrapped up in these issues uniquely because they are such a big big brand a team that people feel loyalty to for for generations and uh obviously you had you know governor pete ricketts whose family owns the team um had uh, met with community leaders in omaha and kind of let it off by saying referring to them as you people uh he subsequently apologized to that uh you have cubs board member todd ricketts who's kind of the finance chairman behind the trump 2020 campaign uh, but the Cubs are, you know, a lot bigger than just one one person. Uh, the the sum of their contributions are varied. I mean, Wrigley Field is now like a really big food pantry as well. Um, I know that there are lots of people who work for the team uh, that have you know very mixed feelings about some of the family's political involvements, which. Um, you know, represent both sides uh, of the aisle, um, to be fair. So uh, you have all these different elements on top of, you know, a pandemic and unemployment uh, reaching kind of Great Depression era uh, levels. And um, it was just really hard to imagine uh, a baseball game being played there uh, anytime soon. But, you know, maybe that is something, you know, they could work towards, um by the 4th of July. We'll see. One of the hardest parts of this quarantine, for me at least, has been figuring out, you know, what's open, where can I go, where can I get out of my apartment to get food, to get anything in this city. Uh, So most of our listeners in and around the city, you're going through the same thing. So what better way to promote your business than through our show, where you're stuck listening to at home? Our listeners are loyal and engaged. So what better way to advertise your business than on your favorite podcast. To advertise on this very show, just go to theathletic.com slash podcast ads. There you can fill out a very simple form. We'll get back to you right away. So go to theathletic.com slash podcast ads today. Uh, well, um, I just want to say that I'm glad we're having these conversations. I know for far too long, just personally, I have I avoid these types of conversations because they're difficult and I'm realizing how important it is to feel this way it is very difficult right now to talk about a lot of what's happening i mean i'm sure you know all of us watch the news or hear about uh, what's going on across the country and uh it it shakes you and it, and it's very difficult to uh process it all but uh the only way to you know the only way we're going to have these conversations and and become better is to feel uncomfortable uh i, I truly believe that we have to there's going to be discomfort involved and uh, we have to confront some of our own issues uh, before we can move forward. Uh, that when it comes to the Cubs, uh, what Brett said at the beginning, a lot of the words he used were missing from the Cubs statement, uh, systemic racism, uh, police brutality, uh, the names uh, involved in the recent past from uh, George Lynch to 
uh, Brianna Taylor to Ahmad Arbery. No, no names were mentioned. It was it, it was a very weak statement in my mind. I'd like to see some action, uh, some specifics as to what what the what the organization can do. And obviously, it goes well beyond the Cubs and. The issues in baseball that I've been observing since covering this sport and was mentioned in the piece that Doug Glanville and Ken Rosenthal put together. Uh, players are not comfortable. People, players of color, are not comfortable stepping out and speaking in baseball. It's a completely different environment in the NBA, but in baseball, you can't, you just won't get those types of quotes. You won't get those types of. Uh, you know, at calls to action from players because they know the environment that's been created in a clubhouse is not conducive to those types of conversations. And hearing that from those players really bothered me. I can say that. And I've, I've talked to players in clubhouses about this before. Uh, they don't want to go on the record about certain topics because it's not going to bring them anything but trouble. And I understand that. I understand that feeling. Uh, I understand wanting, you know, feeling something inside and not feeling comfortable enough to speak on it. So it, it's I'm it's it's good that we're at this place right now, in a sense, that we can actually start talking about these issues more. But we have so much more work to do. We have so much more that we need to really dig into and figure out. Uh I don't know what what the next steps are, but I, I, I think about how people are disturbed about looting. And for me, I keep thinking if you're so why is it why is that at the forefront and not why? Why were you not asking questions about why was this man murdered on the side of the street instead of why are you throwing a brick at a window? Uh, these, these are two very different situations and, and one should be much more at the forefront of your mind than the other. Uh, neither are good, but one is much more important and one is a systemic issue uh, that has been going on for centuries in this country that we need to root out and, and we're not close to fixing. Uh, that's the big thing. People think we're, we've made all these huge strides. I, I'm not sure if we have. I, I don't believe that we've made enough progress to say that things are okay or, or, or even that we're, <laughs> we're close to things being okay. I'm glad we're having more discussions. I'm glad uh, I'm starting to feel more comfortable to have these discussions and that uh, all three of us are, are talking about it. And so many more, our colleagues at The Athletic have written and spoken eloquently about uh, their own personal, uh, you know, their own personal stories, along with sharing the stories of many athletes. Uh, these are hugely important discussions and, and we have to continue to push forward with them. Yeah, I, I'm struck by a couple things that, sh that you said there that I think <clears throat> that I just want to highlight. Uh, one, um, with respect to the responses to the demonstrations, um, the protests, I think that while I am certainly sympathetic to um, homeowners and businesses that are impacted, um, and I certainly am not endorsing property violence or violence of any kind. But I do think it's worth pointing out, as you suggest, that without that, are we really having this conversation in the way that we are? Uh, I'm not sure we that we are. 
And I think that's very troubling for the reason that you said. I mean, a man was murdered by the authorities right in front of all of us. And it wasn't just the man who put his boot on George Floyd's neck or his knee on George Floyd's neck. It was the other officers with him. It was the entire institution that allowed this officer to skate. Um, It's, you know, I'm glad to hear that the that the police department there is undergoing a more comprehensive review. I hope that that occurs across the country. But I don't know that we are having the conversation that we are having without the level of visible outrage that we have seen. I, I know that I am certainly not probably think I am probably not as shaken to action as I am now if things hadn't played out the way they did. And it makes me sick and sad that it had to come to this but clearly i was ignorant and it i needed to be shaken in this way and that makes me think the other thing i wanted to mention that that fantastic piece um that doug glanville and ken rosenthal um had a long conversation with retired um african-american players from major league baseball speaking their experience giving you know the courtesy to people like me to be able to listen to their experience that's the thing is you know, we, we we say we want black athletes to be able to speak so that we can learn, we can listen, but they don't necessarily owe us that. You know, you look at what Colin, happened to Colin Kaepernick. He had a message. You know, he had a message that we clearly needed to hear. Collectively, we didn't. And for that, he was punished. So a- athletes, they don't owe us anything. You know, they, they aren't there to be our teachers. It's it's incumbent upon us to listen. And so I am so grateful to the retired baseball players who were willing to speak and enlighten us to things that were there for us to see. And we rejected. I think about the incidents with the Cubs 15 years ago when Dusty Baker was the manager, when Latroy Hawkins was here, when Jock Jones was here, even when Milton Bradley, who had a number of unrelated problems off the field that made it very easy for us to to dismiss the other things he said. You know, when Cubs fans were called out, when these athletes and Dusty Baker were willing to share what they had been through. And so many of us who thought of ourselves as allies at that time, our reaction was, boy, that's really bad that some people were doing that. But it's really just a few you know, bad people and it's probably not that big a deal. And boy, you know, why is this being such a big story and painting all Cubs fans with this brush? I mean, fuck that. That should not be the reaction, no matter what your political beliefs, no matter how good of a person you think you are deep down in your heart. The answer should have been to listen. And we didn't. There was a huge, huge swath of Cubs fandom. I count myself among them. And we did not want to hear it. You know, we saw it. We said, hey, you know, don't say that stuff. If you see it at the ballpark, say stop. You know, oh, great. What a really, really helpful person that was. And you know what? You know what? That is why black athletes in baseball won't speak out is because when we've had the opportunity to listen, when they've had the grace to speak we didn't listen. And not, and not only that, no, <laughs> not only that, not only did we not listen, they were labeled as malcontents or bad clubhouse guys or, you know, they knew what would happen. They <laughs> they'd get a label. They meant they specifically mentioned Gary Sheffield. I never covered Gary Sheffield. I don't know Gary Sheffield well at all. 
but when you talk about that, that that struck a chord with me like wow this guy got labeled as a bad clubhouse guy got sent all over the league was a borderline hall of fame player and played for how many teams uh, because he spoke out because he wasn't he wasn't quiet about his issue and and he got labeled as this troublemaker and and was sent away so often uh, it's it, it happens far too often and you know sometimes like you said with a guy like Milton Bradley there's deeper issues but there this is players get labeled because of the color of their skin far too often uh, we we make assumptions. Uh, we 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 allow a narrative to get to run wild uh, when when it's just not really the truth. When there's when we're not willing to really understand people. And and I keep coming back to this is not comfortable. If you're if you're not comfortable with this topic, good. It is not supposed to be comfortable. We're supposed to be very uncomfortable and to try and confront our own issues we're trying to get better here not not we don't want the status quo that's the last thing we need right now that a lot of things are happening right now that uh feel scary and and the only way we can do anything about it is to confront our own issues listen there's if you if you have any questions believe me there are answers out there if you are not if you have questions as to why there is looting why this or that i guarantee you you're not looking hard enough to get the answer because they are very clear people are being very open right now about these answers that you're searching and and if they don't strike a chord with you if they if something doesn't click I don't know what to tell you because you're missing a bigger point here. You're missing something big that's happening not only in sports but across our country. Uh, we're in the midst of a major moment right now, and we cannot uh, miss miss what's happening around us. Yes, yeah, a white guy. I think it's hard to. You're like, you know, what am I supposed to say? You know, and but given that we do have these platforms as small or as big as they are i mean to cover this to talk about this is a choice and to ignore it is also a choice as well that you kind of have to live with i've been kind of going back and forth uh on a lot of these things like yesterday at wrigley seeing you know a statue of ernie banks you know a guy who played in the negro league and, and served in the u.s army and got you know a statue outside of Wrigley Field, and to see protesters being able to uh, organize outside of it is kind of um, uplifting if you take the long view. But then I got home and read that amazing piece by Ken and Doug, and just that staggering story of Tory Hunter being held at gunpoint uh, in his house, and then to have the officer after realizing who he was asked for tickets i mean so it shows how far uh how we're not even you know close to uh a finish line and while like sahadev i was you know not totally satisfied with the cub statement and as soon as i saw end racism on the wrigley field marquee i did you know think of some of the Ricketts family's political activities as well. And, you know, how, you know, Todd Ricketts is uh, working on the Donald Trump campaign, but it is also a powerful message to at least acknowledge that because I think you hear a lot of times, 
you know, oh, stick to sports or, you know, we, you know, we live in a post-racial society or whatever, you know, you know, bullshit, you know, people like to say, I think to actually just spread that out on the marquee in lights instead of like a advertisement for like Binnie's or like Vienna beef or Wintrust bank or whatever. I think that's significant as well. And was, you know, a, a strong, um, visual. So, I mean, I have no idea, you know, where we go, um, from here, but, uh, I was just, I can't stress enough to read uh, that piece from Doug Ken as well as, uh, Mark Carrig calling out, uh, major league baseball and its website, which, you know, every year does the whole, uh, you know, Jackie Robinson, you know, tribute, uh, which is important, but at a time like this to go silent, um, is, is really, um, disappointing. The Last Dance documentary has brought up the ongoing debate that no one will ever win. Is Michael Jordan the GOAT? Or is LeBron the GOAT? Well, one thing we do know for sure is Manscaped is the GOAT for men's grooming. It's the only men's brand dedicated to below-the-waist grooming and hygiene. And that's important because you don't want any snags or anything bad like that happening. They have ceramic blade and skin-safe technology... Uh, so it will design your own triangle offense down under. Manscaped is forever changing the grooming game with their Perfect Package 3.0 Essentials Kit. It comes with a cordless body trimmer. It is water-resistant. Uh, performance boxer briefs come as well, as well as a travel bag for you to use when you're done quarantining. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use code THEATHLETIC. It was, you know, you mentioned the the marquee, I think. Uh, I think about it similarly to the Cubs statement, to MLB's statement, which they finally um, released this morning on Wednesday, last of the major sports leagues to do so. Um, and I agree with you and I think it's worth noting that messaging does matter. I think that they're, that raising these issues and expressing, um, a, a connection to them does matter in a small way, but of course, in a much greater way, uh, it matters what we do. And both the Cubs statement and Major League Baseball's statement pledged action, action of an unspecified nature, but action to address what we're talking about. And what we are talking about is systemic racism. It may not be overt. It may not look like what you thought when you were growing up, but it is at an institutional level, systems and people and ideas and roles that artificially and harmfully limit and hurt people of color in this country. And no question the, the, you know, the way law enforcement um, factors into this conversation is significant. Um, but I think we're here. We should have this conversation about every institution. And so whether Major League Baseball or the Cubs or any other team is able to directly address um, racial injustice as it relates to law enforcement in this country, I don't 
<clears throat> I don't know that that's um, realistic or even necessarily the 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 best use of what they are able to do, but certainly addressing racial injustice within their own ranks and within their own communities and within the way kids grow up in this country, that is absolutely within their purview. And I think it is going to be, uh, I think where media members, I mean, we're in this role where, you know, like Mooney said, it's what can we say, what can we do? But I think at a minimum, what we can do in the in this narrow part of the conversation is to spotlight the pledges that are made and then the actions that are taken specifically to address this national issue and certainly that's what i intend to do whatever that looks like it's not something that i've ever done before and like sahadev said it makes me very uncomfortable to to, to act as though, you know, okay, I'm going to be the crusader that's going to hold the Cubs and MLB to account for their, you know, their words about, um, you know, addressing racial, racial injustice in this country. But I think, I feel like we have to do something and I feel like that's something we can do. Yeah. And I, I do want to say, uh, I was very happy to see certain players step out and, and speak about this. Uh, I was very impressed at Jack Flaherty's words, Lucas Giolito's words. Uh, James Fegan, our, our colleague who covers the White Sox, spoke to Lucas Giolito after he posted something, I believe, on Instagram, maybe Twitter. Uh, but those that that type of stuff matters when when a white player like Lucas Giolito speaks out and, and says something uh that that powerful and, and is that open about it and and it's rare in baseball like i said and to to see that uh, was moving jack flaherty is has always impressed me with his words i mean with his play on the field alone but but his words as well he's always seemed like a very smart uh, introspective young man and and it's it's good that these younger players this new generation of players are willing to speak out uh, and and understand things that I, I don't think maybe even the, uh, the our generation fully understands. They they seem to like. I was so impressed with Giolito. This I, how old is he? Twenty five or something? And, and this guy seems to really understand things well. Uh, it, it it's a it gave me some hope uh, that maybe baseball can become a more inclusive environment because, like I said, it's just not. It, it, we I love the game. I love my job. I love being able to cover this sport. I wish it was more representative of the world around us. Uh, and I wish those those diverse voices uh, were given more of a platform and felt more comfortable to speak out uh, about whatever they feel strongly about. I think tying what you guys are saying together, um, these statements are fine some are better than others but as brett says to it will come down to action and we've seen it here uh, in the middle of a pandemic how major league baseball is uh cutting off access to the draft and slashing minor league teams and the kind of trickle down effect that you are going to see um in college baseball or some of the this showcase showcase circuit that is kind of geared towards uh, rich kids. 
I think the question of access and where baseball goes from here is going to be uh, kind of an existential one. And you're, I think already people are bracing for a shrinking of the baseball industry as revenues kind of go down to zero here. I think a lot of it is going to be about cost cutting and uh, laying off. I'm not talking just about the Cubs. I'm talking about in general. And if you are going to groom um, leaders who aren't just, you know, white guys who went to Ivy League schools, it's going to be really difficult if you are kind of, you know, no longer uh, opening up new opportunities to kind of get your foot in the door because you're trying to preserve uh, the employees that you have. Or if you're kind of, you know, um, cutting off some of these layers uh, of management to uh, save money. Uh, I think when you take all of these factors together, it will be on them to take concrete uh, actions and not just kind of you know slash and see what happens because otherwise um, you, you saw it in that story that Ken and Doug put together of how um, was it Latroy Hawkins um, with the twins how they have a direct line um, and as Tory Hunter special assistant as well I can't remember off the top of my head but anyways there's you know they can bring their experiences uh, to a front office so that when things happen there can be uh, action and I'm just fearful that uh, baseball is going down uh, a path that is going to be uh, far less diverse with um, not nearly enough of a broad variety of experience at the top uh, running these teams. And even if you don't care about like a moral rightness about the diversity of the sport and increased access and all of these things that Mooney is rightly addressing, like even if you are just purely cynical and you're like, eh, I don't care about any of that stuff. Well, I'm going to tell you it's bad business. It is bad business to cut off the supply essentially to your sport, to such a narrow band um, culturally and in class and in all these ways that I fear precisely what Mooney is saying that, you know, pandemic related fallout. Sure. But it's really just accelerating things that the sport has been angling toward for a long time. I mean, nobody not in the last 10 years, at least nobody will nobody will accuse Major League Baseball of sacrificing uh, the short term for the long, betterment of the long term. I mean, this has become an extraordinarily short term industry. Um, and that starts with the owners and uh, the commissioner that serves at their pleasure. And I think when we talk about these issues, you necessarily have to have a very long view about what you want the sport to be. And I am concerned that, that the acceleration economically that this pandemic will justifiably impose on teams is going to reduce even further their appetite to do the long-term things that are necessary, not just on the diversity side, but like just in general to grow the damn sport. Um, I, it's, it's very concerning. And so again, I think it's, that's, a, it's another reason that for, for whatever very, very, very small platforms we might have, like that's another thing that we have to talk about. Um, all right. Well, uh, you know, I do, I want to thank you guys for speaking. I want to thank uh, everyone who's demonstrated for demonstrating. Again, I want to thank the athletes that spoke with uh, Ken Rosenthal and Doug Glanville. Please check out that piece at The Athletic. Um, it can, it, it's a real 
opportunity to have your perspective shifted. Um, and I want to thank everyone for listening, you know, for taking this time to digest this. You know, what do we know, really, right? Like, what do we really know? But we can at least participate in this conversation, and we're grateful that you listeners are willing to participate with us. Um, like Sahadev said, if you want additional resources, they are out there. There have been, you know, I, I've come across just incidentally tons and tons of really helpful um you know, even just Google Docs of, of resources for people who want to better understand these issues and see that they can be part of the change that is hopefully coming. So um, we'll we'll keep on this topic as necessary, which is, uh, you know, I don't want to say that it's going to be every episode, but man, it's pretty necessary right now. Um, in the meantime, <laughs> MLB and its players still try to uh, figure out a way to play. Uh, we'll undoubtedly be on that later this week. And, uh, you know, take care out there, be safe, be um, open and be respectful. And, um, you know, we'll talk to you again soon. 